eggs in 100 years. Let's ship house if you think we'll be insightful. Clever or just when we search. We're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is Thursday, the 15th of September. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And I'm Charlie Clawson. And nailed that intro. Yeah. So I just noticed that you and I are both almost wearing identical sneakers. Yeah. Brought them ourselves, though. Yeah. The rest of the Tofop kit is supplied <laughs> by Tofop Enterprises, uh, but we do bring our own shoes. Yeah, yeah. No update on Sockgate this week, no. by the way, so sorry. Finals time. Finals time. It's gone a bit quiet on the socks. People are concentrating on the main business. Yeah. And uh, we, we covered off the Bulldogs last week. We can, just for your sake... You know, I think revisit. do a revisit. Do still a li- feeling good about it. Yeah, I was going to say, do a light Quick summary. update, still feeling great. <laughs> so quick update, haven't felt this great this far into September for a long time. And Stuart Cramery is uh, back. Ready with- to play. Yeah. This <laughs> when I watched that press conference, in my back of my mind, I'm like, I bet you Will's just checking out his condition. He wants to see, you want to see skin folds, right? Right. I mean, he should be ready to go, right? Part of Bevo's plan, part of Bevo's master plan. Bevo's probably had him well, in some sort we all of doubted the Bulldogs bringing back five players at once last week. Right. Why not bring back Camry off after a year off? Right, so we bring back Camry this week. And again, as I keep saying, Charlie, yeah. we bring back Bob Murphy for the grand final. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, why stop there? Bring back Gia. Right. Hey, we're going to bring back Ted Witten. <laughs> he will accept the cup. We are going to reanimate. That's what we're working on at the moment. That's why we actually cooled off a bit towards the end of the season. Because yeah. most of the club's energy was going into reanimation techniques. Yeah, that's why they don't have the washing machines at Witten Oval. All that money's right. been spent on... Uh... Yeah, all the electricity and all the power. <laughs> they had to like rip out the washing machines. It's going to be like a weird science-type revival. Like You'll go around and you see Bevo, he'll have like a bra on his head and he's just got like his laptop hooked up to the... <laughs> The Ted Witten statue outside the MCG. Here's what I... Uh, what about uh, you get the Ted Witten statue okay. if you can't reanimate oh, Ted Witten? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's probably more he'd be a goal, he's a goal square gorilla. You just put that statue. No one's moving him out of the goal square. Right. You've, needed a, you've been crying out for a big for target. A big yeah. I mean, I'm going to ask you a hypothetical question. Yeah. At the moment, you've yeah. got two players you can choose from. Yeah. Cloakie. <laughs> or Ted or Witten Ted statue. statue. <laughs> Oh, geez, what's, uh, what's the price tag on the, on the Ted Witten statue? Equal, about the same. Look <laughs> <laughs> uh, the statue of Ted Witten. You just plonk it, like, you know, sort of top of the goal square where you want, like, you know, the balls, and then you just get all our little runners well, that is coming a, by. That right? is the talk, though, right? That Trav Cloak could be heading to the Witten Oval? I mean, maybe we should start this campaign. Hashtag bring back, hashtag Ted Statue. Ted Statue. Yeah. Yeah. Cloak versus Ted statue. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get. We'll start a. We'll start a poll. We'll, we'll start a poll little, on yeah. Twitter. Who who would be better for the Western Bulldogs? We'll use our two guys one cup AFL Twitter uh, handle for actually a purpose for once. Yeah, and uh, we'll put up a poll. Who should the Bulldogs draft? Cloaky. Or the statue of Ted I Witten. think the, the, the major drawback with Ted Witten's statue, because uh, I think on ability, they're probably equal. Right. But you're not going to get the same amount of social media activity from Ted Witten's statue. No, I wanna, no, no, he no. needs to get an Instagram account. No, but here's the thing, mate. This is the, you get someone to do that. <laughs> oh, you get right, fucking yeah, yeah. Danny McGinley, when he's not busy writing the banners, you get him to be like the voice of Ted Witten's statue on Twitter. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, like Lee Lin Chin has become like the newsreader has become... She probably didn't think she was going to get mentioned on an AFL podcast, but she's become, you know, a kind of social media star. Yeah. But she doesn't write all those things no. herself. She has, a, like, a guy who writes the yeah. character of her. Yeah. We get Danny McGinley, 
or someone else down at the Western Oval, yeah, writing quips for Ted Whitney. Well, we, I mean, we have to find a literate bulldog supporter. There's, there's probably only like four of you. Okay, well, I'm happy to put my hand up. <laughs> I'm happy to do something for the club if that's a role I can play. And then we just get the statue out and stuff. Yeah. Because here's the difference between the statue. The statue doesn't need to recover. You mm. know what I mean? Like yeah, statue, right, of course. Your statue can play and then your statue can be out at a nightclub later that night and in the corner of a nightclub or at a movie opening or whatever. But if, Whereas Cloakie's got to recover. And if a, stat, but if a statue does go down, just say like it breaks, the leg breaks off right. or something during a game. Just repair it. On the, the spot, on so the you bring, spot. so you have to bring like a welder to the game. Do you can yeah, we just have a welder at the club? Do you have to get AFL approval to get that just, extra? We get a doctor who can also weld. Yeah, Do you know how I mean? I'm, there must don't be, tell me you can't teach your club doctor. I guess surgeon, if you can sew a knee back no, you, together, yeah, you can't fucking weld a statue back together. Come on, Charlie. Come on, doctors. But, Come on, medical profession. But also the other thing is, we we're the team of the Western Suburbs. This there's, there's got to be a fucking welder in there somewhere, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Or at least one of the dads. Of one of the players that's got to be a welder, right? <laughs> yeah. Get Tony Liberatore to come yeah, exactly. out. With he must have a welding kit. He'd be great too, looking after the statue. Or just get Ted Whitten Jr. Be great. It'd be also good just to have like Liber Senior just on the ground again, just because it put a bit of fear into the opposition. You know, he's meant to be down there welding the leg back on, but right. you know if you turn your back, you're going to get pinched or scratched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. or, yeah. yeah, it'll go straight out. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, Joel Salwood's come off with weld marks all yeah. over himself. I mean, do you really want to let Liber on the ground with a naked flame? Yeah, I, bet. <laughs> That's a fair point. I think some other clubs might have an issue with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I reckon. I, and the, the, the great advantage of the statue as well, don't need accommodation, you know what I mean? Like, yep. you just put the statue back down to the club. Like, you know, the statue's really good for... So you, you have know, to remove it from the MCG, right? Well, I mean, what in, in Four games. season. Four games. All right, so yeah, he, games. in the off-season, he's back. Then. Well, for games and events. And promotional opportunities. Well, what about midweek? Oz kick and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, midweek, he's going to have some club duties he needs yeah. to fulfill. He can't just be outside the MCG midweek. No, in between, he Press conferences and stuff. Yeah. yeah. He'd be great to go to t- send to a press conference. Hang on. Is the Ted Witten statue outside the MCG no, or Witten Oval? Oh, okay, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. No, that's good. Felt Perfect easy. spot. Yeah. yeah. Should be outside the MCG. <laughs> <laughs> Got confused. Yeah. Warn is outside the MCG. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't want to bring that one back. No, I think, I think the real Warn is doing enough damage <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Should be a rule you can't be brought back as a statue while you're still an actual person. I think that's the thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that, make, that makes sense. But the sense. other thing is, like, the, you know, the statue over Is Dick Reynolds outside the MCG? Someone's like, no, John Coleman. Or is it Dick Reynolds? Don't know. You know, there's one that's like a leaping statue, and I never quite know who it is. Yeah. He looks like a 1920, 1920s guy. I don't know who... Uh, hang on. I'll, I'll, I'll Google statues outside the MCG, because so, we should go through them. There's, well, KB. We know there's KB for sure. Yeah. We know there's Warnie. Yeah. Who else is there? I mean, I've walked KB around. KB was the most recent one. Yeah. So, is the, but is the KB statue actually there already? Oh, yeah, they unveiled it, didn't it? Like, they didn't just announce that it's happened, right? I don't know. But I, well, I seem to remember him doing a press conference and he did talk about the look of it. So, I'm assuming he would have been there when they unveiled it. Right, I guess so. Yeah, it's weird to unveil it. Don't you love that KB, unveil it. KB still gets mileage out of the, hey, I'm bald jokes? <laughs> like, even like now, we've been making them for 40 years, that KB is now on board. Well, I mean, I think that's. All right. Controversial proposal. Okay. Right, what about a Chompers statue outside the MCG? Not actually Tony Jones, just the teeth. Just teeth. <laughs> I mean, why not over the MCG? Like, you know, maybe like the roof at Eddie Hage, you can lower it's the Chompers. just giant Chompers just giant Chompers on each side. Yeah, Chomper I mean, the AFL players would love, love after all the respect they've shot out to Chompers, if you could play at the MCG, oh, the C is for Chompers. Yeah, yeah. The Melbourne Chompers ground. <laughs> Are you a Melbourne Chompers <laughs> member? Yeah. 
Yeah, I was put on at birth. Let's say you've got to do it. You've yeah. got to sign you up when you're young. Yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. The Parade of Champions, they call it, outside uh, the MCG. Yep. So we'll go to the footballers first. Oh, okay. There's one who's very famous for uh, MCG, Melbourne, a very famous Melbourne icon when it comes to Jim football. Jim uh, even further back, Melbourne icon. Oh. But probably the biggest Melbourne icon. Oh, Ron Barassi. Ron Barassi. Barass, of Barass. course. Um, there is... Oh, oh, okay. Did he play for... Oh, now I'm going to get this completely wrong. Um, Hayden Bunton. Hay- who did Hayden Bunton oh. play for? Fremantle, right? The little guy. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that he got a statue. Fitzroy? Uh, Was he a Fitzroy Hayden player? Bunton or... Yeah, Fitzroy or Richmond. It's one of the jungle oh, cats. Oh, hang on. I can click on it. <laughs> <laughs> New to Wikipedia? No, no, it turns out you can just actually click on the picture and the information comes up. Right. So I've now done that. Uh, it's outside gate six. Oh, see, I can't even tell you where they are now. Uh, it went up April 2005. Hayden Bunton Sr. made his debut for Fitzroy yep. in 1931 well at the age of 19 and immediately made an impact on the VFL, winning the Brownlow medal in his first two seasons. Wow. So, What year was that? wonder if he won the Rising Star that year what, as well. What year was that? Uh, in uh, 1931. Oh, yeah, but everyone won a Brownlow in bloody 1931, no, mate. only one person a year still. <laughs> and he won two in his Yeah, but that was years. back when blokes were bloody, you know, still fucking fixing cars and shit by the side of the ground. They'd, you know, come on on their smoko break and have a kick. I mean, he only played 119 games. Uh, he was captain of the club for three seasons, won the goal kicking in 36 and 37, took two best and fairest and coached the team in 1936. Yeah. What kind of babe do you reckon he took to the Brownlow in 1931? Uh, Hayden Button's wag. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was talking about her. Uh, Dick Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, outside the, the stadium. Dick Reynolds. Uh, affectionately nicknamed King Richard because of exploits on the field. Uh, Reynolds played... No, three. they didn't. They called him Dick. Everyone called him Dick. King Dick for his exploits <laughs> off the field, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Dickie's 100. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, he was the first player to kick 100 and do 100 in one year. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Reynolds played 320 games, kicked 442 goals in a 19-year career with Essendon. That included three Brownlays. 19-year career? Yep. Holy shit. Three Brownlays. Back in those days, too, that's like dog years. If you can play like for 19 years, that's the equivalent of playing 40 years. He's the boomer. He's the boomer Harvey, Harvey of his time. Yeah. He won the Brownlow in 1934, 1937, and 1938. Won seven best Shit, I had no idea. Did you know about this? I remember he had a son, Dick Reynolds, or grandson, sorry, who played, who was at Essendon about 10 years ago, I think. Oh, Little Dick Reynolds. Little Dick. Yeah, yeah Little, little Dicky. Little Dicky. <laughs> um, uh, all right, Lethal, uh, Lethal Lee Matthews, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, and, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, uh, John Coleman is also there. there right. You go. John Coleman. Yeah. Jim Steins, the aforementioned Jim Steins, has a statue. Yeah. And that's it of the footballers, um, the other statues. Hang on. When you say John Coleman, you mean Jono and Dano, John Coleman, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Dano's got one as well. <laughs> so John, John Coleman got his first for doing the ads on Studio 10. Yeah. That was when they finally put it up. But they thought, you know, we should have one at Dano as well. So it's gone up as well. Uh, Bill Ponsford, uh, cricketer, is there. Don Bradman, you might have heard of him. Dennis Lilly. Uh, Betty Cuspert, uh, the, the Olympian. Her, her is there. Shirley she? Strickland, again, Olympian. Uh, and Keith Miller, an Australian cricketer. Uh, Norm Smith. Uh, football coach, uh, Melbourne, Smith, and uh, Warney, Neil Harvey, the cricketer. There you go. That's your that's your statues. That's a lot of statues. That's a lot. I mean, there's a few, there a there's a few there's Olympians many, there. Yeah, too many statues. Yeah. Do, is there a point? That and should they to... segregate it? I mean, I don't believe in statue apartheid, but 
Uh, well, should the, the Hall of Legends or whatever they're called the what are they what, like I've forgotten. Should already. the Olympian ones only go up during the Olympics? Yeah, I should reckon. the footy ones only go up during footy season? The cricket ones go up during cricket season? No, because well, and then you just put. I guess the cricket back. has more of a claim. It is the you know it is Melbourne cricket ground. Melbourne cricket well, it's ground. Not anymore. It's the Melbourne Chompers ground. But I, you the know, AFL buys it and renames <laughs> it the Melbourne Chompers ground. And what then you can just leave there the football go. statues yeah. up. Yeah, that works. That works. Uh, so Bulldogs win. We said at the time, I let you celebrate for a bit. You did. And then the very next thing I said is, geez, you wouldn't want to play a Hawthorne that loses. Now, I will, I will go back and say that I think that my preference personally is to play Hawthorne because I think that we do match up better against Hawthorne. And I, after watching the game on the weekend, I still think that. Like that Hawthorne-Geelong game to me, well, firstly, what a fucking great Belter. game. Belter, one of the best ever. I mean, Scott Dooley uh, tweeted um, uh, about that game and he said, no matter where the teams finish, it should be compulsory that one of the finals yeah. the Cats and the Hawks. Yeah. And I could not agree more. Yeah. They're just always such great games. And have everything too. Like, it's everything. It's got the aggro, it's got the skills, it's got the fucking iconic moments, it's got just everything that you could want in a foot. There's so much subtext to what's going on. Mate, three players went off with the blood rule before they finished the national anthem. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Yeah, two Selwoods on one Mitchell, that was awesome. Right, they had to shut down hospitals in, like, Melbourne just because they had enough blood on hand for the... It was crazy. Yeah. It was so, like, I mean... It was, it was one of those games school. that when you're watching it, because I kind of, I think I got lulled into going, oh, yeah, it's just going to be another Geelong Hawthorne game. But then as soon as that ball was bounced, the intensity that they played at, which did not let up. Every quarter, I, I felt like there was going to be... I mean, it's, Hawthorne did kind of get some kind of control in the second quarter, and I just felt like, oh, maybe they're going to blow it open. But then Geelong came back, so it was like the most tense fucking game you could ever watch. And what a finish. Like, you could not script something more dramatic than how that game ended. I mean, it was one of those things where, um, firstly... It, it, even though they've both you know, regenerated their lists and they're not the same teams, there's something about the way that they walk out. It's like two real pros, and neither of them really think they're better than the other team. Like you know, there's that real sort of like respect you can go either way. Yeah, respect and probably a little bit of. I think Geelong are still pissed off that they thought Hawthorne stole that one in 2008, and they're yeah. still smarting about that. Yeah. And there was a real sense of like. All right, the other shit's out of the way now. But it goes back beyond the modern rivalry. Like, straight after the game, you know, I think it was uh, Joel Selwood was being interviewed and Dermot Burton was on the panel and he talked about, like, the intense physicality. And Dermot's gone, well, yeah, normally it's uh, the Geelong guys smacking us about. It's like, right. you're talking about 20 years ago? <laughs> right. right, but that was... Those, half these guys weren't even born when you're talking to, yeah, like, 89. Yeah, but I mean, in 89, Geelong essentially went out there to try to murder Hawthorne. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was... It, it's... Yeah, it, yeah, but then it, you can go back another 10 years and fucking Lethal Matthews like broke a guy's jaw and got arrested for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you go back to the 30s, the reason that you know, Hayden Munton won so many Brownlows was all the other players were in jail for murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just don't get sick of it. And it's also, um, there, there were so many great like oh, individual moments. Right. But Joel Selwood, like, is there a better combination of toughness skill and leadership in the AFL. Like, maybe Hodgie, but the way he just, like, careens into packs, wins the ball, is great on the outside, but also, like, when he's around the ball, everyone, like, you can see his teammates, they just fucking walk a bit taller. Uh, I mean, we we joke a little bit on this podcast about playing coaches, 
But when you watched uh, Hawthorne play Geelong, it's a little bit like yeah. you feel there's like, like five aside. You feel like Hodgie's got his team. Yeah, and yeah, you know, there was a real statement from Hodgie early on. He was fucking grumpy. He was yeah. in a shitty mood. He, he was, was gonna, made some mistakes too. Yeah, and he was. But you could tell he just gone out there going, "I'm gonna like." And then there was like Selwood as well, and they're just both kind of captain coaches. They're the two best leaders in the game mm. by far. Although the players voted Tex Walker captain of the year. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and. They're just two old pros. I was wondering, it's funny, I saw that and I was wondering about that. So this is the players voted for the best captain. So it got me wondering, like, well, obviously there's only, you know, 30 blokes or whatever who know Tex kind of well because they're at the same club. So everything else is coming from people on the field watching how he, you know, uh, marshals his troops or whatever, right? Right. Or do you think there's also a bit of, like, players talking to each other, you know, just as friends, because, you know, a lot of them would have gone up in junior clubs, so there'd be some dudes at Adelaide who are mates with guys in Melbourne teams or Western Australian teams who who pass on, oh, this is what Tex does at training? Yeah, I think so. And I think also just we underestimate. I mean, it was only a year and a half ago that their coach got murdered, you know, and I think they – and their best player left. So they they have – gone through a time where you know you've had a, such a tragic thing happen to your club that would is totally unprecedented in the history of the competition and then they've lost their best player to another club and they've come back better and stronger mm. and more united than ever so i think there's probably you know an aspect of his leadership there and the way that that club has held together through those things that is probably admired by people but on the field like to change a game Man, like you, it's hard to go past Selwood and Hodge. Yeah, you just throw them out there and see what happens. But even like, like Selwood and Hodge remind me of that like scene in you know uh, uh, in the Dark Knight where the Joker like splits the pool cue in half. Yeah, and just throws them. I'd love to see that fight. <laughs> I would love to see if there was like it's Selwood and Hodge and there's only one room in the gang and they split a pool cue in half and just like that should be. If those yeah. teams don't make the grand final, that should be halftime entertainment well, at the grand final. It's the it's the Jetta versus Rioli foot chase, right. but just in terms of toughness. That's what you want to see. So, yeah, uh, we should talk about the final seconds, though, because I, I, I thought there were some really great moments in that. Like, I mean, I, I, I saw there was a bit of, like, uh, press this week about Bartel being done and that he hadn't played that well, but I thought he was pretty pivotal. Instrumental in, in, the, in the key moments. Key moments. And also, like, you know, you rarely see, like, he was playing a weird kind of shutdown role. Defensive forward. Yeah, and, and it worked. Mm. So I was I was a bit puzzled by that commentary. I got to say, yeah. like he may be getting towards the end of it, but I thought you and you, you, you and Chris with... Scott on three sixty, he pretty much said that as well. Right, like he doesn't understand what all the discussion is about. Yeah, he went out there and he did his job, mm. and then in the last moment was in, like threw himself. Yeah, and it wouldn't have happened without him throwing himself into that contest. But also just that thing, the drama of like. You know, Motlop going for the goal instead of like you know really kind of taking it. it out or like you know wasting some time or whatever it is that you know he's... he had to go for it though. I thought. I mean, I've heard a lot of commentary during the week where people say what you do is you take the tackle. So basically, um, get it dragged you slow over the line. Down, you take the tackle. You get too all... risky these days. They're fucking hot on deliberate. Well, I, I'm a bit like that as well. Yeah. But anyway, Hawthorne, gee, they're good at getting it to the other. Like it was just so Hawthorne, and we were all just sitting in there going, "Okay, well here we go again." Yeah. Isaac Smith, this was a great stat, in finals, I think it was, had uh, kicked 11 straight of his oh, last... Oh, so you saw his press conference? Is that what it was? Yeah, well, I, it was awesome. It's the best slap down. Because the journalist has obviously asked him, you know, uh, how are you feeling about missing that goal? And has gone, yeah, well, you know, I would have liked to have kicked it, but I just think about the 11 goals I haven't missed in finals previously. <laughs> <laughs> just like... 
Oh, oh uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so I was giving him a little bit of justification. I didn't realize he, no, he was said it. No, he was the one who said it. Yeah. yeah. He was like, yeah, I've kicked 11 goals in previous finals and, and a lot of them have been clutch goals. And yeah. I'm like, okay. And then yeah. he said, oh, I didn't I'd... miss when I fucked your wife last night. <laughs> exactly. Jesus wow. Christ. He's come out strong on this. I guess. He was. He was totally like that. He basically, and then like he finished off the press conference by saying, oh, I'd love the chance to do it again. You know, I, I love those right. kind of moments. And it's like, fuck, man. I, he thought he'd kicked it too. That was a thing. It's yeah. a, it was a late hook, but like that little chat he had with Sam Mitchell before he took the shot where he had that big grin on his face, I was like, oh, he's going to nail it. Like he just looked so confident. Relaxed. Yeah. 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 Oh. But you know what? They lost the first game to West Coast last final series. So yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing with Hawthorne. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing I would say, and we'll get to, you know, so many things I'm sure, but can you remember? Like Aussie Sundays when the chook was <laughs> worth the wait. Well, when Brewster does, so they cook it right to make it Sunday every day. This podcast now brought to you by Red Rooster. <laughs> uh, glad to have Mumber as a final sponsor. Considering you're a vegetarian? Yeah. You know what? They don't eat the rooster. Yeah, just the, chi- the, the potatoes. Yeah, just the chicken. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> no, the thing I was going to say was um, six teams left. Yep. Any of them could win it. Like, any of them could win the grand final. Yep. Because, yep. I mean, obviously, to get there, you have to beat, you know, these yeah, other teams. Definitely the two, pre- the two pretenders teams. have been found right. out. Yeah. yeah. And you now are like any of these teams, if they, you know, if, yep. if the Bulldogs the, were to beat Hawthorne. The Bulldogs would have been the next, go, the next question mark. Right. But after last week, I think everyone's got like, mm. like, the Bulldogs have got a sexy new haircut. They've just come back from, the, do you have a boob job or like some Botox or something? You're well, looking, a lot of people are going, you're looking pretty good. They're playing a little like they did last year. Yeah. And it was like, it was like they really like, oh, I like, yeah. You know, like last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would say that, yeah. I mean, I would put still put Bulldogs and Adelaide outside the top four, you know, as as they obviously would be. But yeah, I guess anyone on their day could win it. Yeah, I mean, I I could see Adelaide. I mean, Adelaide were great on the weekend. I mean, I know they were playing North. And, yeah, but I could see Adelaide beating Sydney. Like if Sydney up here at the SCG, Adelaide are a good football team, man. Yeah, they are. They are. But I mean, it's kind of weird, like. I mean, Sydney. Sydney also, were my favourites yeah. before last week. I mean, we watched that game together. Well, and this was the other. It was this was the opposite of what we were talking about, which is that like with Geelong and Hawthorne, it felt like old men going out there to be like, "Well, this is where the old men do it. This is finals time. Yeah, we know yeah. how this works." And I just expected that's what Sydney were going to be like, and GWS were like that. Yeah, it, it was, was terrifying. Terrifying. It was. It was that they did not look overawed. They did not look intimidated. In fact, they looked like, "Oh yeah, this is right." This is what we should be doing for the next 12 years. Yeah. I mean, somebody said, he goes, oh, on grand final day, we will see a team that's uh, winning four premierships in a row. Unfortunately, it's going to be the first of the four <laughs> yeah. that they win in a row. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, they were awesome. And they actually made the Swans look slow. Old, slow. It was weird. And not as hard as and the I, Swans are. And I'd been at the SCG like three weeks ago watching um, Swans dismantle Richmond and I was like fuck like this is a great tune-up match these they're all running on top of the ground they're sharing the ball around they're all getting their hands on it didn't happen last week no one got a fucking touch buddy I mean that's that's a huge uh that's a huge kind of uh um bolster to any team that is going to be taking on Sydney in this final series is just watch what GWS did 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, it helps he got a Phil Davis to play on him, but but, but, he, and, but he didn't play terribly. Like I mean, he no, got but it was just up the ground. Stuff, but you just got pushed out of that dangerous area. Yeah, yeah, and they just felt like uh, GWS. They, but he's not going to do that at the SCG. No, like I mean, at the SCG, he doesn't. There's no dangerous. There's no places where you can push unless he's in like the back fifty. Yeah, he's pretty much dangerous from everywhere else. Yeah, but I mean, I guess that's counterbalanced by Adelaide now. I mean, they're both teams that have played. Like I mean, Eddie Betts. I, don't, I can't see why Eddie Betts would be any more uncomfortable at the SCG where he's closer to goal than Adelaide Oval. Oh, no, I reckon that they, Adelaide benefit a little bit from space. I think they're a team that likes Because of the space. slingshot. And because of the fact that a lot of their, like, their scoring opportunities are over the back. And so you actually need a little bit of room for it to be over the back. I yeah. wonder if you get a little bit more cramped up on a I don't know, man. The way Eddie Betts... I mean, Eddie Betts... The way he was playing on Saturday... He's hasn't he? Like, as, I'm not the first one to say it, but like, he's a key forward. Like, yeah. The, the smallest key forward in history, but he's amazing. You you just don't feel like he needs that much of an opportunity. He just yeah. needs a glimpse at it. Like if he's reading it off the pack or if he's crumbing off the boundary line or if it's a fucking set shot, like you just feel like he's a good chance of getting it. He wouldn't make the Carlton team though, right? <laughs> Him and Josh Kennedy? I mean, at least Kennedy goes missing in finals. Not that that would be a problem for Carlton, but... Like... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We haven't mentioned Carlton for six weeks, so we'll bring him back just to slap him up a bit. I've had someone, a few people get in contact with me to say that their favourite part of this podcast is when we slam Carlton. Right, all right. But I, we started to like him. That was the problem. Yeah. It's fucking Brendan Bolton's fault. Yeah, I, I'm going to the footy on Friday night with uh, Rosie Adam Rosenbachs from uh, Junk Time AFL podcast, and because uh, as, as I said to him, you're going overseas, so you're not going to be in Melbourne to go with me, and uh, all my other friends buried for fucking Hawthorne, yeah. so they're not coming with me. So um, yeah, Rosie and I are going to go, and he's of course a Carlton fan, so you know, yeah, he was excited, but he's not he has he, something to do. In he September. doesn't have that. He he seems like uh, he's been battered enough by the last 10 years to have lost that arrogance. In fact, I don't really know any arrogant uh, no, I mean, I, anymore. I would, I would even say like a step further than that. Like I feel like he hates them on a level that, <laughs> that we're not even capable yeah, of. Because I mean, he's closer. Well, he understands the we, – we hate them for superficial reasons. They yeah. were salary cap cheats back in the day and they were too fancy and blah, 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 just general reasons. He has nice specific – Reasons to hate them because yeah. he really studies them. He hates them in a way you can only hate something you love. There's too many. There, there's too many feel good stories to come out of this year, you know, including little son of uh, what are we calling him? Son of sauce, 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 yeah, sauce, sauce, son of sauce. There's too much to like about them. So let's just come out and say fuck Carlton. Fuck Carlton. Just top up on that. Yeah, fuck Carlton. Fuck Carlton. Fuck Collingwood. Fuck everyone. Yeah. Um, apart from St Kilda and the Western Bulldogs. That's our stance. I mean, that's why we started this podcast, to yeah. be honest, <laughs> because it seems like every other media organisation is saying the opposite. So finally we have a time to say, fuck all you guys. Yeah. Speaking of um, uh, 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 pl- uh, clubs can go get fucked, Jaeger O'Meara has basically told every other club to go get fucked apart from Hawthorne. No, oh, he wants to go to Hawthorne, does he? Yeah. Why would you want to go to Hawthorne? Though? It seems odd, right? Like, they're on... Hawthorne are great, and they will, you know, be around for a while. But you'd think that he's coming into the tail end of their midfield, right? I mean, so their midfield supremacy. Except that they're going to get Mitchell and O'Meara, and then they're just going to be as good as they ever were because they're Hawthorne. What and gets the deal? What one, gets the deal they play done? In one in every three grand finals. They're Hawthorne. You're um, what's his name? What's his name? Tony Cochran, who's the Gold Coast Gold president. Coast, the, one, the one who's yeah. like, get fucked. We're Gold Coast. Yeah. Fuck you. We're Gold Coast. Uh, what does what what deal does he get done for that? 
I mean, I don't know what Hawthorne can offer Gold Coast. That's my problem with that deal. Well, that, they, I mean, they were going to want, I'd say, the combination of draft picks and a, like a B, B-plus player. Yeah, but who? Sicily is what they're talking about. Yeah, I have heard Sicily. He's Bruce, a player. I've heard his name mentioned. Their wish list would be someone like Isaac Smith. Right. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where they're not going to get rid of Smith. Like Hawthorne aren't going they to get won't, rid of Smith. Well, I don't think they'll get rid of Sicily either. Like, is it like you need that kind of... Sort of I mean, if, you could make the argument if, with Ruffy back next season that perhaps you could like d- deal with. I mean, be, to get these guys because this is the thing you've got. To get, right. If you want O'Meara, this is but this because is, this is their thing. They're going if, if Hodge and Mitchell are going to move on, then you need to replace those guys with guys who are as good as yeah. those guys. And O'Meara and Mitchell might be the solution to that. Well, I would say it would be they would want maybe. Either two first round picks, if that means trading a future pick, or maybe a first and if it's a low second round, and then someone like Bruce, I think. Just someone who wants to go Gold Coast. Yeah. That's what they probably need. I mean, who was who's the, the most Who's the most Gold Coast spanger? Just like go spang- <laughs> now, who's that blonde, the pretty boy, uh, you know? Sean Makers. Yeah, Sean Makers. <laughs> yeah, Showy. Yeah, but Showy. They, probably won't, uh, they probably won't get enough for him, I wouldn't have thought. They need like. You need someone with a little bit of something, don't you? Like, I mean, to make that deal work. Well, who have they got? Who's who's under the in the top layer? So Hartung, uh, Popolo. Would you get rid of Poppy? He's not worth it. But I don't think they'd want him. I mean, Poppy. Poppy's a good top up player. Poppy's a good player to have when you've got a team of guns. Yeah, I reckon Poppy would be good on the Gold Coast, though. I reckon yeah, Poppy totally. would be good on the Gold Coast. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he could just, like, get him Hang on, are you, do, are you talking just off-field? I mean, off-field, on-field. Do you know what I mean? I think, you know, just taking big Poppy, hangers. Poppy's and, 100. Yeah, I mean, I think people would be into him as, like, a cult figure up yeah, there. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Um, what about, so you got, I mean, they're not getting to Gunston. He's not going anywhere. Uh, who have they got as their second-tier midfield? I can't think. I mean, they're not so going to got... get rid of Langford, right? Because he's one of those ones who has been oh, in no. and out. But I wouldn't say he's not getting the deal. He's not getting the deal. He's not getting the deal done, though. He's not your. Like maybe Langford and two first-round draft picks. Yeah, right. I don't know. Anyway, that's why. We're but the, the, right, well, but this is why this is not a trading podcast. But the next, neither of us know. Well, but the next question would be. My next question is, yep. this is all posturing, right? right? Every year we hear this. Every year we hear, fuck this, we're not trading for blah, blah, blah. And it always gets done. It always gets done. Well, I think these days they basically got to the point as soon as a player says they're going somewhere else that they basically make it happen. Yeah. Apparently St Kilda, there was two other clubs interested in O'Meara and it was Essendon and St Kilda. Essendon actually thought they were on the box seat. St Kilda went cold on O'Meara because of the Patella thing, because we've already got Nathan Freeman, who we gave up a first-round pick for last year to get from Collingwood, who hasn't played a senior game this year. I think he finished the season in the twos of our, like the seconds of our seconds, like the oh, development squad of okay. our twos. Sure. But they are taking a very, like, you know, because he's had four massive hamstring injuries in a row, so I think they're literally moving him as slowly as they can. But if that doesn't come off, and then we pull in an O'Meara who also doesn't get back to his best form, then I think you can maybe gamble once, but you don't want to gamble twice. Well, Hawthorne can afford to do that, though. That's yes. what Hawthorne do. Yeah. In they've fact, got they've, fr- they've yeah. risked it a few times. And because they've been so successful, we don't look at the times where it didn't work out. There was the kid from Western Australia had the problem with the drugs and a few other things that, like, you know, that if, if that had been St Kilda and you went out of the way and drafted this person and then the trouble happened, that would be like, oh, fuck, Yeah, it's well, a disaster, yeah. Here we go again. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Hawthorne, they're just like... Well, collateral hey, damage. All right, Hawthorne. So, do you, all right, hypothetically, they win a fourth premiership this year. Can you then go, like, 
this is not going to happen, but could you go and say, hey, look, Sammy Mitchell, you got fucking five flags with this, four yeah. flags? Five flags with this. Yeah. Got five. Um, do you want to go up to the Gold Coast Gold and fucking two years, just fucking couple of years. working on that, there, that, that serial killer blank stare you've got? Yeah. <laughs> just sit on the beach and just stare at tourists? You know what? We'll pay you half your wage. Yeah. Yeah. You'd go, wouldn't we'll you? We'll get your condo. Yeah, I mean, you've just Coast. got your fifth fucking premiership medallion. Yeah. And you've played four in a row. Go up to the Gold Coast. Win a Warm. brown, though. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> I mean, he wants to coach. Yeah. But that's the thing. Sam Mitchell definitely wants to coach. So if you perhaps, you know, got him up there and said, look, Rocket, okay, all right, here we go. What if you said, if they win this year and they say, okay, Rocket, uh, you know, isn't going to coach him forever. He's an older coach. Go up there, play for a year or two more, however long, much longer you want to do, but in a way where you're transitioning into that you could become a senior coach. Stevie J style. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's he contract? He must be just on a one-year contract. All those old blokes would be year-to-year now. Yeah, I think they're year-to-year now. Yeah. Is he, but he's not getting any worse, Sam Mitchell. Fuck, he's a gun Like, still. I mean, he had two players on him the other night, smashing him every time he got it. And he got it, like, he got smashed 60 times because he got it 30. No reaction, too. Did you notice that? Like, he doesn't bite. Makes him stronger. It's, he really feeds off it, I think. Like, yeah. I, I think I, I tweeted, he, he's the AFL equivalent of someone in the Cobra Kai. He's just Although got he, that he, arrogance and that fucking strut and that cool exterior. Well, did you see the, when he was doing the ducking thing to Selwood? Yes. Like, yeah, that was the I best. Mean, this is... Sammy Mitchell's one of those guys that I've always, yeah, you know, I've talked about this before, hated, like, for no particular reason, yeah. but, I, but definitely hated, like, as a player, yeah. and just kind of pissed me off. And all the shit that I'm meant to hate him for now, like, when he did the injection to the Essendon guys and when he did the ducking thing the other night, I'm really warming to it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm actually starting to go, oh, no, you're like a, you're a proper heel. Yeah. And I like to hate you, but I, like, I also admire that you're a It's funny, because he was on, um, on the couch on Monday night. And they, uh, they asked him about the ducking thing and, uh, he's like, yeah, well, you know, I think it's pretty obvious what I, what I said right. to him. <laughs> but they said, are you a big sledger? And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, I'm not as clever or as funny as like as someone like Heath Shaw is like famous for being a sledger. But I'm like, mate, if you look at the track record, you've, you've got some pretty good sledges yeah, on the he board. Nails it. You, you yeah, might not be as doing it as often. Yeah. But... Or maybe you're not as like articulate yeah. ever, but just the, the, the material you choose and the way you execute yeah. it, it's pretty special. He gets to the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's an edgy sledger. Yeah. Yeah. He puts the edge back in sledge. <laughs> and he knows he's, he's got that beautiful thing of like, he doesn't cross the line into the mummy territory. Yeah. How did you feel about that, by the way? Cause I, but, so Shane Mumford um, said to Buddy Franklin, apparently, although it's now come out after uh, not, I'm not going to say being provoked, but mm. like in a battle of like, it was you know, sledging, yeah, yeah. that um, essentially Buddy had said something along the lines of, well, you know, the reason you're not at Sydney anymore is because they wanted me and they had to get rid of you. And, yeah, right. And then uh, Mummy's come back. With how was your holiday? Like, uh, aren't you normally on holidays yeah. at this time of the year? I did, now, I did, yeah. Firstly, yeah. Uh, you know, I've been very close to mental illness and I do think that, that you know, that we don't in our society understand mental illness and I'm glad that the AFL has, you know, made real steps forward in that. But I've got to say, when and I read all the people who made valid points on why that was a terrible thing and blah, blah, blah. But to me, that just felt on the okay side of... I like agree. It felt like on the edge, sure. Yeah. But it wasn't like he went directly to it or said he was a worthless person because of that. Like, it was in the yeah. context of, you know, in the game that he wasn't there last finals. They were in a banter battle that there was like... Yeah. There was a part of me that went, you know, without wanting to diminish the broader implications of it, there was part of me that just went, 
that was kind of funny. Like, yeah, it just I think felt so. Like the sort of thing that I mean, he actually wasn't. I mean, he, guy, he actually wasn't making fun of the condition no. or, or suggesting weakness because of the condition. He was just saying you're not normally around this right. time of the year. Which, you know, there's a reason why, but I don't think he was attacking, like, uh, Lance Franklin's durability or, or ability to cope or anything like that. Right, or, you know, even, like, look, I can understand that there was obviously, that was the point of it, yeah. but in the same way as, you know, Franklin was attacking Mummy on, like, a you know, to, something to be hurtful. Yeah. That's the kind of point, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's a complex area, and I get all that, but there was a part of me that just went, this is literally a guy who said in a press conference a week ago that he was looking forward to really hurting people by running through them. But he's, that's the bit that we're yeah. about. He literally in a press conference says, get in my way and I am going to break you. Yeah. But no, 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 this little... Did you see that tackle he laid on uh, Tippett? I mean that. Jesus Christ. And Tippett is huge himself. Like that, that was kind of like watching the first Transformers film when you see the two robots just like <laughs> punching each other. Like it's enormous and terrifying. But to, how heavy is Mummy? He must be like 120 kilos He's or something like that. So when he slings you and then falls on top of you and takes his time getting up, that's what I love. It's a bit of like WWE style. He doesn't get straight up. It's just like he maybe rests the forearm across your throat as he pushes himself back up. Like I mean, tip- he is a big guy. It's hard, it, for bigger but Tippett got ragdolled. Yeah. Like, and he's a monster. Yeah. He, he's like 200 centimetres almost. It's- right, no, it was like... Um, uh, you say Transformers, but it was like that Pacific Rim movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. You yeah, know, he's like a kaiju. <laughs> the kaiju. Yeah. <laughs> Mumju. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, I mean, but that's still, I love a bit of that in my footy. And it was what that young team needed mm. was like this guy to go, no, 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 no we're tough and we're going to take this. Well, Stevie Johnson obviously did the same thing. I mean, what did you think about his suspension? I was surprised. I thought that was about right. Oh, one week, yeah. Yeah, I was like, in the finals, I reckon one week is two weeks, by the way. So yeah. I think that you know, taking that in count, maybe some weeks you would have given him two. I reckon one was about right. It felt like, I don't think he should have got off. It felt like there was a few things, like uh, it wasn't consistent across all the finals. There was a fair bit of niggle going on. And I actually thought, yeah, I mean, he got caught. But if you watch the Hawthorne-Geelong game, I reckon there, were, there seemed like there's heaps more incidents of like jumper punches and little gut, what are they called, tummy taps and stuff like that that just didn't get... Again, the, the, the way that we, the rules of our game, where it was like, oh, you can't punch someone in the head. But, oh, you know, just it, punch them as hard as you want in the chest yeah. or in the stomach or yeah. whatever. Like, and if it's finals, uh, we'll, we'll maybe turn a blind eye. Amy threw the remote to me from the other couch the other night and it hit me on the stomach <laughs> and I couldn't fucking breathe for two minutes. <laughs> like the TV remote. <laughs> and they're like punching each other in the guts, but that's legal. Yeah. You're allowed to do that. Well, that's what I love too is like, obviously, you know, the rules... You can't are... say someone was on holidays though. No. But you can punch them in the guts as, as hard, hard as, as you, you want, want. As much as you want. You can... Uh, the players, the rules of the game have changed to protect their heads. So you love it when... They get into a tussle and they really like have got some aggro to get out, but the most they can do is just grab a guy by the jumper and then shake the jumper really hard. I love it. Yeah. It's like unbridled anger, but with still that discipline within of a rules. professional athlete. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I fucking hate you within some parameters that have been set out by the authorities. Yeah. This is an acceptable level of violence. So um GWS. Yes. Greater Western Sydney Giants. If they go on to win the flag yes. this year. I'll stop following football. Is no. that the moment where Skynet has become self-aware? Yeah. Black out the sun? I mean, I saw Ryan Griffin at the shops uh, on the Monday, uh, Sunday or the Monday, a couple of days after that game. And 
I didn't know if I was happy for him or hated him. Right. Like, it was just one of those things where I was like, they're so good to watch. Like, so just if you take out any of the other stuff, there's a part of me that goes, well, they're brilliant to watch. They play entertaining football. It's a side of young guns. And in some ways, watching that emerge and be what it is, you know, maybe, maybe that'll be okay. But there's another part of me that is a Bulldogs fan who just thinks, come yeah, man. on. I, keep, I just look at North and Richmond and I'm like, my team is on the rebuild. We're slowly crawling our way back up the ladder, but there is so far to go. Like, there is so far to go. And you see a team like that and it's like, I mean, the advantage they have, the draft picks they have, like, we don't even have a third of that on our side, the top ten draft picks that they have. Like, I mean, how are we meant to compete? Like, it could very easily... I, I could see St Kilda going through an entire cycle, you know, and having to start another rebuild before GWS slow down. Well, the other hope, though, is if it does come too early, like for the rest of the competition, surely equalisation's just got to kick in at some stage. So the hope is that, yeah, they play... But, you know, you, you play, you win a grand final, but suddenly everybody needs some more money. Mm. They're all premiership players, and you can't keep everyone because... A whole bunch, like the guys who are but how does e- through to 18th on that. Team. How does equalisation work when Jaeger O'Meara picks Hawthorne? Like, right, but if there's six of them, they all can't all fucking go to Hawthorne. They'll go to Collingwood I mean, or they Hawthorne. They always end up going, <laughs> it's Collingwood or Hawthorne. And Carlton too. Fucking Carlton. Tend to get like, they always let down someone big. It's basically the clubs that have great facilities and are close right. to the city. Yeah. Well, so as soon as St. gets back to Moorabbin, yeah. things will be good. Yeah, exactly. The That's players can go back down Church Street, have lunch at the pantry. It'd be a nice transition for some of the Gold Coast players as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so no, I mean, look, of course, as a Bulldogs fan, I can't help but thinking, you know, if you look at our side and all the great young players we have across the board, if GWS weren't in the competition, like, Take out, you know, even if it isn't this year is going to be the year, you'd be very hopeful and optimistic that sometime over the next two or three years that that side with that quality players could genuinely have a crack at winning the grand final, I think. But yeah. with, with GWS there, you just think, well, if you put two more years into those guys. Mm. I mean, do they have salary cap, like, allowance? I think there's a cola. Yeah. They get cola. So it's similar to more than, more more than money, Sydney? But I don't think so anymore. I couldn't, really, because no. that would be unfair. Like, I think you're right. If they start winning three or four premierships and players, you know, their price tags are going to go up, that's You're going to be able hope. to pick off people. And there are going to be people, who, particularly young men, but if they who start experience it... great success at an early age, there's going to be at least one or two of them who go, you know what, I could go and play for St Kilda or I could go and play for Richmond and I would be the gun. Yeah. Like, I would be the guy and I could, you know... I mean, you look at what Trelaw, right? If you can get a guy like that, I mean, Trelaw will be... Collingwood's, you know, Pendlebury of the next generation, like, you know, mm. for the next 10 years. Mm. And there's, those clubs have those guys, yeah. guys who are, you know, getting 20 touches or 25 touches and playing a role who could go to another club and, you know, be the gun. Did you um, read James Brayshaw's comments about Daniel Wells? <laughs> they, they were the comments of a president who's going out the door. Yeah, it's weird, right? It's like, rare that the president fucking. I think plays it's the kind that. of conversation you would have with the players' manager. Sure. I don't think it's the kind of conversation you have to the press, Play right? In public. Don't you think? I mean, I thought it was very strange. Like, I mean, because you can always, you can always turn the tables in that situation and say, "Yeah, well, right, you did support me through two years of injury, but I was offered, you know, seven hundred thousand by Frio, and I chose you guys." Right. So, like, it's a, yeah, don't you reckon? Out. Yeah. Plus, maybe, you know, maybe, like, 
again, you know, I, I hear North Melbourne have excellent doctors, but you could also then make the argument of going, yeah, and I've had injuries and I haven't been able to get on the field, and I think going somewhere else with a fresh start and whatever is going to be better for me. Yeah, like, I hear there's a welder at the Witten Oval. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, they've got a statue playing down there. So, I mean, I reckon they can get me playing. But also, like, that idea that they've just retired off, you know, four of their, you know, kind of more experienced players, and then suddenly he's looking at a club that – you know, is rebuilding. Is rebuilding, but also where he's going to have like a increased responsibility as a senior player. Mm. And I mean, there's even talk that Swallow might go to Gold Coast. Have you heard that? No, right. Yeah. He'll play with his brother. Yeah. Well, to this is kind of Gold Coast play to keep his brother. Right. Is like maybe they get Swallow up there to kind of provide some leadership and some direction and those sort of things, but it also means they get to keep his brother. That's a good deal if you're north. I'd take that. Right. Grab a couple of like draft picks or right. some I mean, developing talent. Heaps of draft picks. Yeah. If you want to start rebuilding. Yeah. Daniel Wells would maybe go to Collingwood. Have you heard who Collingwood want to draft in? Uh, Daniel Wells. Yeah. Ivan Marek. Yep. Uh, Scott Wind, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And Dick Reynolds statue. Yeah, the statue of Dick But Reynolds. what's going on there? I mean, I don't know if that'll happen, but... I if, think if... the Marrick thing is more an assist, like, you know, an assistant coachy sort of thing. Okay, right. Transition into... And I think what their issue down there is that they essentially need a... Somebody did it a few years ago where essentially you're coaching, but you're the backup Ruckman in case shit happens with the Ruckman. So, like... Yeah, kind of getting Marrick down. Yeah, yeah, we, we had Stephen King at St Kilda did yeah. the same thing. Yeah, and it's just that you can play if needed. but Not the Ruckman, to... the author. He came yeah, down. He came just, down. Yeah. yeah, it was a horror scene. Yeah, he wrote out banners. It was <laughs> terrifying. Really dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why are they always about murder? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so do you think that's about Bucks sort of hedging his bets? It's like, well, we need to win some games next year. So I need to bring in some experience. Well, they've got to make finals for him to keep his job. He's said that already. But I think the Barrick thing is just a backup thing. I think that's a, like, do you want to come down and coach and be our backup rugby? I just so don't see. I, I don't see the attraction in getting games. Wells to Collingwood though. Like you said, they've got already got Pendles and I guess Swan's gone. Yeah, I reckon Wells. He's got two or three good years left in him if you can get him right. I just don't reckon. I just think it, at his it, best, it doesn't. A very good. Football. It jars. Wells going to Collingwood doesn't make sense to me. If it was Wells to Hawthorne or Wells to Sydney or something, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. They can't take everyone, Charlie. They fucking fucking can. (laughs) I think we've established they fucking can. Next year's grand final might be between fucking Hawthorne and Box Hill. (laughs) Like all the players, it'll be like the next, all we'll see for the next few years is Hawthorne teams playing GWS teams. And so what's this, the go with Ling, Ling Jong? Well, Bevo, did you see what Bevo said at the press conference? He said, well, I hope he... He said something along the lines of, I hope he was crying because of the injury, not because it was his last game with the Bulldogs. Oh, fuck, really? That's what I thought it was. I thought those tears were like, oh, shit, I wanted to give it my all in my last few games, and now I can't. Well, here's the thing I would say about Jong. is like, he... Is he out of contract? Yeah. Yeah. And he... I reckon he's had a really good season. I, I like the one thing that you would say about him is regardless of whether he does go or whether there's been you know yeah because I've been watching since the Collingwood you know when Collingwood had him for the interview and you couldn't ask for you know more effort or mm. the way that he's played you know he would have only put the value of you know him as a player up in the market um, but I can also see from his point of view that he looks at when the other players come back and stuff, that maybe, again, he won't be in that best 21 or 22, or that he won't be every week 
in that best 21 or 22. And if you could go somewhere else and, like, you know, and be, also, I'm sure be one of the first 10 picked every week. And I'm sure they're you? offering him more money. With too, more money, right? You know. I mean, there's a part of me that just says, well, that's that's one of those players. Callum Ward, it's one of those Callum go, Ward decisions. But it's also it's one of those players where you go, yeah, that's about right. Like, and this is kind of my GWS thing, if you want to look at Bulldogs as GWS. You hope that there's a few Lin Jongs at GWS who, you know, are, are yeah. in and out of the senior team but could come to your club and yeah. be a top 10 player. Well, Marchbank and Steele are the two that are floating around now. Marchbank's defender, like a, I think it's like a second defender. Not Yeah, he's not a fullback, but he'd be like your second tall defender. Um, and then there's Jack Steele, who's like a, a good midfielder, like a... a Petrucker kind of uh, big-bodied midfielder. So I would like we got Jack Steele, but the talk is that we're going to go for Marchbank, which I think is, makes sense because Hugh Goddard's Achilles, he ruptured his Achilles, so he'll be out for most of next year. We get Carlisle back, but Fisher and Dempster are getting older, so we probably do need one more tall defender, young tall defender. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in uh, Watson Kilda do because it's, I mean, you want to play finals next year. Yeah, With so, how you finish this year, you're suddenly in that window where you go, well, we want to play finals, yeah. but how do we do that? Well, the two things, uh, like I think our forward line's functioning really well with the, yeah. the Membry, Revolt, McCart and Bruce combination. Our midfield is serviceable. We're probably a B midfield at the moment. We need, that's why I know Mira would have been awesome. We need that kind of line breaking, just fucking gun midfielder to back up Jack Stevens. Because this is the thing about a mirror that people kind of forget, that he was Dangerfield a couple of years ago. Yeah, I was just, when you uh, texted before, I was actually just watching Amira highlights. It's like, holy fuck, I've completely forgotten. Just like that kind of guy who can, runs at the ball full pace and it sticks. Like off the ground, if it's a bouncing ball, can mark over a head, fucking amazing skills, good turn of pace. He looks, reminds me a little bit of Juddy actually. A little bit of Juddy. Yes. But it's just such a gamble. Two years out of the game. I mean, but you look at now with the, like, the guys that got back on the field, like Menzel and all these sort of guys. Rioli? I just think, there was a time when Rioli couldn't get on right, the park. Right, couldn't get on the park. And I just think Amira's worth the risk. If you can get him on the park, the reward is going to be so high. Yeah, yeah. so what we need we need a midfielder like that. I mean, maybe it won't be this draft, but if we could get like a, a Jack Steele or, or someone like that, it'd be good. But yeah, we definitely... As Fisher hasn't made up his mind. I'd say good chance he might retire. Dempster's 31, 32, so he's probably got one or two years left. But we need a back line of Carlisle, Goddard, and then another third tall. So Marchbank could be good. But I don't know, man. Next year will be interesting for the Saints, I think. There'll be expectation. I mean, we literally doubled our wins this year. So, you know, what is that? Well, if you double your wins next year, you'll win the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> Won't lose a game, mate. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we, well, look, I've, I've done a little graph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we've doubled last year. And so if we just do that again, yeah. we'll win the whole thing. Won't yeah. lose a game. That was Richo's uh, end of year wrap up Pitch when he had to board. present to the board. He got yeah. a mathematician in. Yeah. Got Adam Spencer yeah. in the graph and said, look, <laughs> it's just simple mathematics that we will not lose a game next Did year. Did you say mathematics? Mathematics, yeah. Is it mathematics? Isn't it mathematics? Simple mathematics. Simple mathematics. I mean, we go with the big issues. I like it. It's, you spend too much time with the Libertore. With your mathematics. Mathem- mathematics. Is it mathematics? Mathematics. So yeah, I guess it is. Look, math- like Libba last week definitely had some Anonymous meatballs. Oh, the way yeah. he played. He was great. It would be interesting to see how the players who were injured and who were out for that long. Because they they, well, the second week's the right, tough one, yeah. Uh, that was the great advantage of us having Thursday night, at least. It's given us a little bit of recovery, flying back from Perth. And, you know, obviously... 
you know, just gives us that extra day, I guess. Well, yeah, let's, uh, we've got, yeah, we know that's yeah. I was going to say, we've got 10 minutes to go. So right. we'll, we, we might, you've started it anyway. Let's do our big semifinals preview. Okay, cool. Yep. And go. <laughs> uh, well, I hope that the Bulldogs will beat Hawthorne and here's why I hope that it'll happen. I think that we do have a kind of similar team match up with them. Like, you know, and I think that we are faster than they are. Mm. And if we can hit them with the sort of speed and aggression in the way that GWS hit Sydney, I think that's how we've got to do it. Yeah. Like, we can't be bogged down, like, playing them like Geelong played them because that won't can't work see, for us. Can't see you doing that. I can't see you guys being tentative. I mean, look at the way you played against West Coast. And if anything, that game was more difficult circumstances away from home. And you guys came out like fucking terrorists, like, like in poor choice of words yeah, maybe probably. considering yes. what ISIS has been saying but you came out and you just absolutely like uh, bullied them like it was just smashed them about I can't see why that would be any different for this game well now, that's my hope my Melbourne. hope is that, that, that we come out and we play them and we treat them a bit like GWS treated Sydney in that we don't get sucked into their sort of stuff we don't let them slow it down and play their way that we use our speed and our skills and that we beat them like that's my hope mm. I mean they're Hawthorne it's finals it's the MCG it's very hard to uh, yeah I think I'd... but this is reverse the curse I thought it was going to happen in the grand final <laughs> but I've been saying all season reverse the curse and you know what I'm happy for it I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm happy. Last week we reversed the curse. We beat West Coast in Western Australia. If that doesn't happen in a final, reverse the curse. That was. Did you reverse the, the curse? Oh, there's more. There's right. le- there's subcategories. Well, then we're going to reverse the curse against Hawthorne. Yeah. Then we're going to start a curse against GWS yeah, in right. their direction. We're going to be there. <laughs> You're going to point the bone we're at them. Say we're the suburb of the we're the western suburbs. Yeah, right. Mate. Battle of the we're West. The Battle of the West in the first. You know, fuck it. Even think of that. Finals. This final series, you had three West teams: yeah. West Coast Eagles, Western Bulldogs, Greater Western Sydney. Yeah, and Adelaide. how the West was won, <laughs> and Adelaide, which is technically west of the East Coast. So, <laughs> yeah, Adelaide, Adelaide and Middling, in every sense of the word. I've got to say. Big shout out to Crow supporters yeah. who were uh, not annoying uh, after last week's um, game. No, they were pretty B- good. Uh, blissfully, blissfully respectful, I thought, right. of uh, North Melbourne and the retiring players, but also didn't crow about it online. And I must admit, uh, there was a lot of West Coast fans who were being pretty cocky before the Bulldogs game online to me. And I respect the fact that none of you got back. To <laughs> <laughs> did you go out? Did you go out hunting for them afterwards? I didn't go out hunting. I no. saw them all. Yeah. And I just, you know, I was like, I don't need to mention it. You know what's happened. <laughs> a couple of people unfollowed me for a couple of days. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's a few people who said that they didn't want to listen to last week's yeah, podcast. Just have a week off that. Yeah, I checked the analytics. We had a big drop off in WA. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. We were pretty nice to them, actually. Um, I, yeah. want, I want to believe. I want to believe in Bulldogs. They're the team I'm, I'm rooting for in, in this final series now. And last week I was just so impressed. But I think Hawthorne are terrifying. I think that Hawthorne, for my money, I thought they should have won last week. I know. I mean, but this is the thing, isn't it? Like, I mean, everyone's talking now about Geelong being so great. And Hawthorne really should have won that game. And it's like, and then we'd just be talking about Hawthorne being great. Yeah. That's the team we have to play. That great team that yeah. almost won last week. Yeah. But I actually even thought like... In the second quarter, I thought they looked like they had the game in control. Yeah. I think I just – there's something about them, and, and I, I'm not putting it down to any kind of statistical categories because, you know, as we know, they, they don't – they lose the uncontested ball every fucking week. But it's more the aura of them being Hawthorne, and they're not, they're not a team that will go out in straight sets. Like, to me, 
It does not seem possible that Hawthorne could exit a final series in straight sets. When it ends, it ends quickly, and it ends this Friday night, and that's my... Oh, sorry, Junior. Luck of the week. <laughs> Junior, yeah. Junior's so sitting between scared. us. He fucking shut himself. And he's like, dude, I am a dog. You should be better to dogs. You're a dog supporter. You're sorry, okay, Junior. You're right? no, it's okay. He's, he's fine. okay. He's, he's fine. He's recovered fine. well. Yeah. <laughs> Put him in the Lars. He's definitely um, sitting over near you now instead of me, though. I'm going uh, I'm go- I'm to say, I'm gonna say Hawthorne, but that is... That is me choosing with my head, not my heart. I want the Bulldogs to win. Okay. And in the other game? Adelaide takes on Swans at the SCG, which is where the game should have been last week. Right. Well, having said that, that was the most atmosphere I've ever seen. I mean, watching on TV. But that seemed the most like a Melbourne final. Well, it's the Battle of the Bridge. It was awesome. It was great. It was 70,000 there? It wasn't quite 60-odd thousand. Oh, was it? Yeah. But, but still, it's a great crowd. And it was like, great crowd. It was like double or three times what the Rugby League final in Sydney had that weekend. And it was plenty of noise coming from GWS fans. Like, I actually thought it was a really, really uh, good sign for New South Wales. What, oh, okay, so what do you think about the idea that they'll play the prelim at Spotless? See, <laughs> I don't know about that. Like, ah. Yeah, that seems odd. What capacity of what, 15, 20? No, it's got 20, 20 22, 20, 20, 24 maybe even. I reckon that'll be about right because GWS have got 15,000 members, Max, mm. so if all of them come. And generally on interstate finals and games, you get about 5,000, 6,000. So even with corporates yeah, and all but that sort of stuff. You don't think corporates will bump it out? You might feel it. I reckon you might feel spotless, but I reckon if you had it anywhere else. Well, I guess you couldn't have it at ANZ. It would be too empty. Yeah, yeah. okay. All right, I'm down. Let's yeah. do spotless. I agree. All right. Call Gil. Yeah. <laughs> Let, him know Char- <laughs> Let him know Charlie's on board. All right. Um, um, yeah, yeah, so I reckon, uh, again, the Swans really shocked me last week by how creaky and old they looked, and I know that's not the real Swans. Yeah. So I'd be expecting them to come out breathing fire. Like, you reckon Buddy would just be... He'd be fucking ropeable just looking to go out and, and kick a bag on Saturday. I, yeah, i, I got to say, because normally what happens, as we all know, is like we judge harshly the losing teams and we overestimate yeah. the winning teams in this round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both, like, both of the winning teams aren't going to win again. Mm. And because I've said the Bulldogs are going to win again, despite the fact that I think Adelaide could win the whole premiership if they win this match, I'm going to say Sydney. I'm just going to say Sydney won't go out in straight sets. Yeah, I'm going to say Sydney, and that's my... Oh, oh Junior, you okay, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't worry. We're, we're finishing up soon. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say Sydney. That's my lock of the week. I mean, Adelaide, oh, look, who knows? Any result could happen this weekend, right. and it wouldn't be surprised. Right. Any margin, any result. And and either and if either of the teams win, you'd still then go, well, both of those teams could A win Bulldogs the thrashing of Hawthorne, like if it's 35-plus points. Like if they just finally fall over the edge? If yeah. If they just, like... Let's just... I'm happy just to win. Yeah. No, I reckon... I want Isaac Smith to miss another shot after the siren. <laughs> I would die. By the way, Isaac Smith, he's a handsome fellow, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does he's, okay. Yeah. I think he's pretty... He's kind of got a bit of... He's, he's, he's kind of got a bit of richo about him, don't you yeah, reckon? definitely. But that little, uh, that little dandy facial hair thing he's got going, like he could be a musketeer. Yeah. I'm not sure. No, I like it. Oh, do you? I feel like he's leaned into musketeer. He's I got... reckon he probably does very good work off the field as I, well. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think yeah. Uh, he... I, think, I feel, feel like he's he got looks... 11 in a row there as well. Really. He looks he's... a bit like Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Oh, he does have a bit and of I bet you, uh, <laughs> and, I, 
I bet you there's been a lot of Littlefinger around Isaac Hayes with the, when the Maduri uh, when the Maduri illusions come out. <laughs> they still drink the Maduri illusions. I don't know. Do you think? I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, okay. Before we go, yeah, do you want to? We should plug the um, live, live show, show that we're doing uh, in Melbourne. There's only a few tickets left, so we should uh, plug that. Uh, two guys, one cup. Uh, junk time AFL crossover podcast. Four guys, one junk. Four guys, one junk. I it like it. Sounds like it. a gay porno. Well, like two guys, one cup doesn't sound like that. Uh, <laughs> well, there's nothing sexual about that. Um, but yeah, that is the day after the grand final. It is the European Beer Cafe at 4pm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it will be myself and Charlie, of course, uh, Michael and Rosie from the Junk Time AFL podcast, which you should definitely listen to. It's awesome. And uh, the episode recently, the live one they did with Fev and Bomber Thompson is really, Amazing. really great. Yeah. And uh, there, there'll be some other fun stuff. It'll be a big grand final wrap, uh, whatever happens. And yeah, we'll you guys have consistently... And- Turned down my idea of we do a review, uh, footy show style, where we, we dress up in drag and we lip sync to pop songs. <laughs> Can't seem to get that across the line. You and Michael and Rosie don't seem to be into the idea. You can do it, though. I can't do it on my own. Yeah, I need like, You should I get, play all the characters. If, I, if I'm going to be Ginger Spice, I need right. the other Spice Girls behind me. No, we'll get the statue of Ted with <laughs> Can be posh spice. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, we'll wind it up. Um, uh, go doggies. Uh, yeah. Best of luck this weekend. Yeah, I hope so. I'm very ho- I'm like. I mean, I'm excited. It's it's very exciting even to go. Oh man, like, what a fucking great time to be alive. I mean, if we win though, then I'm going to be fucking pissed off that we're at LA Podcast Festival this oh, weekend. Yeah, right. The prelim. It's going to be in Sydney that game too. Holy anyway, shit. let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, let's not. One week at a time. Yeah, exactly. Play on, not fifteen. Whoa. We are two guys, one car.